This is the Bible in one year, day 40. Five excuses. It's the song most frequently played at British funeral services. It's the most remade song in history. It was popularised by Frank Sinatra on his 1969 album, My Way. In the Philippines, My Way is so popular in karaoke bars that it's been declared responsible for a number of deaths where arguments over performance degenerated into violence. And I did it my way. Yes, I did it my way. I did it my way is the way of the world. It's not the way of Jesus. Jesus said, yet not as I will, but as you will. He prays, may your will be done. He made no excuses. Jesus did it God's way. Moses, on the other hand, as we'll see today, made five excuses before eventually agreeing to follow God's way. From Proverbs 4 I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Wisdom Way Spiritual growth is like a journey. You progress one step at a time. What matters is not so much how far you've got, but that you are heading in the right direction and that you keep going. The book of Proverbs tells us that there are two ways, the path of the wicked and the way of evildoers. The way of wisdom, the path of the righteous. We're not told to avoid wicked people. That would mean withdrawal from the world. Rather, we're at told to avoid their ways, to avoid doing what they do. If you follow God's guidance, he promises to lead you on the wisdom way. God's way may not be easy, but there's great joy and excitement in following his way. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. The longer they live, the brighter they shine. Lord, thank you that you promised to lead me along straight paths. Help me to follow the way of wisdom today. New Testament from Matthew 26 Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. 
So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Your way. The way of Jesus is to say to God, not my way, but your way. Jesus not only taught us to pray, your will be done, he also prayed it himself. My father, if there's any way, get me out of this, but please, not what I want, but what you want. A second time he prayed, my father, if there's no other way than this, drinking this cup to the dregs, I'm ready. Do it your way. These are not prayers of resignation, but prayers of great courage, being willing to follow God's ways, no matter what. In this passage, we see Jesus' humanity. He began to show grief and distress and was deeply depressed. He has his three closest friends with him, the same three who saw Jesus in divine glory at the transfiguration, now see Jesus in the depth of human sorrow. He prays for God the Father to show him if there's any alternative. Nevertheless, he's willing to do the Father's will, whatever the cost. For Jesus, the cost was of a totally different order to anything we face. He took the sins of the whole world on his shoulders. Hence his soul was overwhelmed with sorrow. Three times Jesus prays for this cup to be taken from him. The cup refers to his impending suffering and death. Just before going to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus spoke of the cup at the Passover meal, representing his blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. More than that, as is often the case in the Old Testament, his cup includes reference to God's wrath. On the cross, Jesus took the cup in your place. When you are deeply depressed, overwhelmed with sorrow, troubled or in the middle of tough times, it's such an encouragement to know that Jesus has experienced all that you face and far more. He knows what you are going through and you can follow his example by submitting your ways to God. There is an amazing contrast between what took place in the Garden of Gethsemane and in the Garden of Eden. Not your way, but mine, was the essence of the response of Adam and Eve to God in the first garden. However, in the second garden, not my way, but yours, was Jesus' prayer to the Father. Doing it God's way meant suffering and death, but it brought the redemption of the whole world. Lord, help me to follow your example and pray, yet not as I will, but as you will. May your will be done. Old Testament from Exodus 4-6 Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What's in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? 
Is it not I the Lord? Now go, I'll help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. The Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. God's Way I find great comfort and encouragement in this passage. I am quite shy and introverted. I am by nature a reluctant leader. I find it enormously encouraging that even the great leader Moses was a reluctant leader and that he tried to make excuses as to why he should not do what God was calling him to do. In yesterday's and today's passages, we see his five excuses, all of which I can identify with. First, you've got the wrong person. Moses says, who am I? He felt inadequate. I feel I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough. Moses said to God, you've got the wrong person. Why me? God's reply is, I will be with you. That's all that matters. Second, I'm not ready yet. Moses says, what shall I tell them? He felt ill-informed. He did not think he would be able to answer all the questions. He thought he would have nothing to say. God said, this is what you're to say. God will give you the message at the right time. Third, I might fail. Moses says, what happens if it all goes wrong? It might not work out. What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? In answer, God showed Moses his power. Fourth, I do not have the skills. Moses says, I don't have the right gifts. Oh Lord, I've never been eloquent. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Seems that Moses may have had a stutter or some other form of speech impediment. I speak with faltering lips. God said, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. Fifth, someone else will do it. Moses says, please send someone else to do it. It's easy to think someone else will do it better than me. God was not best pleased with Moses, but said he would send Aaron to be with him. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. Eventually, Moses agreed to go God's way and followed God's call. Then all the battles started and things got worse rather than better. Pharaoh's way was certainly not God's way. The people of God were required to make bricks without straw. Moses and Aaron faced criticism and opposition from their own people. Moses complained to God that he had not yet done what he promised to do. God responded to Moses' complaint by giving him a clearer vision of who he is. God said, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. In a few sentences, God reveals more of his character to Moses. His character has not changed. He's faithful and keeps his word. 
He suffers with you and feels your pain. He guarantees deliverance and freedom. He brings you into an intimate relationship with himself. He leads you to your inheritance and takes you home. But when Moses told the people all this, they refused to listen to Moses because of their impatience and anguish of spirit and because of their cruel bondage. Moses complains to God that the very thing he fears has happened. He says, My own people won't listen to me anymore. How can I expect Pharaoh to listen? I'm such a clumsy speaker. This is so often the biblical pattern. First comes God's call and vision. Then follows all the challenges and difficulties before you see the promise fulfilled. God's way is not always easy. It is extraordinarily challenging, but at the end of the day, wonderfully fulfilling. Lord, thank you that you say, I will be with you. Thank you for the immense privilege of hearing your call and walking in your ways, even when sometimes things seem to be getting worse rather than better. Help me to keep going your way. Pepper adds, In Matthew 26, Peter says, I will never disown you. Like Peter, we all have good intentions, but we are all flawed and we can't follow through without the power of God. The disciples fall asleep when they're supposed to be praying. I have great sympathy with them. I've fallen asleep many times when I'm supposed to be praying. It's the closing of the eyes I find dangerous.